1: Hello and welcome to the Stranded Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Hurley. Happy Tuesday. If you are just joining us for for the first time, welcome. If you are back again to listen to more, hey girl, um, I am so excited today and I know I say this with every single episode, but I swear my guests keep getting better and better because I'm personally blown away that I get an opportunity to interview women that I have long looked up to, women I never ever thought I would network with or talk to or grow from or learn from. And I think every week women are gracing my guest chair that just blow me away. And today's guest is someone that I have watched for a long time. She's one of the pioneers that helped me fall in love with the idea of podcasting. She is an amazing woman and lives in Austin, Texas, and is the host of the Happy Hour podcast. She is a mother of four. So her podcasting abilities are just a smidgen of what I have fallen in love with about her. Uh, mother of four three of her four children are adopted which is just a strength in its own she is vulnerable and authentic on a level that I don't think 80% of us could ever handle Um, and she is the author of the book if you only knew and when I tell you this book gets real homegirl puts it all out on front street, everything from embarrassing addictions to things that you would never think that a woman of faith um, and God who was God centered would ever deal with. And that's what I love so much about her is she tells it all. She tells it like it is that you can be all of these things, but God still loves you. And for those of you that know anything about me, um, my journey with God is didn't start was not my whole life. It started recently just a few years ago. So to meet and grow from women like this, I am forever thankful to hear from women that are okay about opening up about being a sinner, making ridiculous mistakes, and learning that God loves you anyway. So this woman today is going to blow you away. That's what she did for me. Get excited was I welcome today's guest and the woman that I have learned so much from, Miss Jamie Ivy. Welcome, the amazing Miss Jamie Ivy. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for having me. I am ecstatic. You don't understand, you guys. This woman, this woman has been inspiring me longer than she knows uh, from the Happy Hour podcast to her book. I cannot believe she's in my guest chair today. Thank you so much for joining me.
0: Man, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs>
1: Well, for my audience that does not know you, and they will be obsessed after this, I'm sure, but tell them a little bit about Jamie Ivey.
0: Yes. Okay. So my husband and I, we live in Austin, Texas, which we think is one of the greatest cities in the world. If you haven't come, you should come visit because it's just, it's fun. It's cool. It's vibey and they have great food. So we love our city. (laughs) We've been here 10 years. We've been married 17 years. My husband is a pastor at a church here in town and we have four kids, our oldest is almost 15. And then we have two 13 year olds and an 11 year old. So three boys, one girl, and they keep us quite busy because they have lives, which is weird. And I have a podcast, like you mentioned, it's called the happy hour, with Jamie IV. and it's about four and a half years old. It's just my most favorite job I've ever had. Like you said, I also wrote a book and I get to travel and speak. And that's our world. That's my life.
1: Wow. Four and a half years. I definitely consider you like a pioneer of podcasting. As long as I've known podcasting, you've been out there.
0: Well, thank you. It's funny because I feel like that a little bit. But then I do remember that there have been people podcasting for 10 plus years. It's just podcasting took off within the last, you know, two, three years. So it's fun to be on the other side of that. And I love I listen to so many podcasts. I love when people start podcasts. I think podcasts are super fun. So congrats to you for starting your show. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I have been in love with it. It's been up for about eight months and it's done more than I could have ever imagined. And my favorite part is getting to meet and greet and network with amazing people like
0: yourself. It's fun, (laughs) isn't it? Yes. I know. I feel like if I look back, I'm like, okay, four and a half years. How many people have I had on this show? Lots. Hundreds. And how fun that I've gotten to hear all these stories and hear all these women doing amazing things. It like spurs me on to do one a big thing. So I love it.
1: Exactly. I'm constantly inspired. I love it. Thank you. And I feel like podcasting isn't done growing yet. I think it just kind oh, of blew I hope up.
0: not, right, for both of us. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it is either. I, I read a stat the other day, and I don't know the numbers, so I won't say about how many people still, A, have never heard of a podcast, and B, don't listen to podcasts. And it is astounding how many people, because I think, wait, doesn't everyone listen to podcasts all day long when you're in your car? And some of my friends are like, no, I don't know when you listen to podcasts. So right. I think it is still growing for sure.
1: I feel the opposite. They're like, have you heard that new song? And I'm like, no. I listen to right. podcasts. But have you heard the that new show? Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. That's me as well.
1: So before the happy hour, which was four and a half years ago, before the book, which I think was two thousand last year, 2016? it was
0: January two
1: thousand eighteen. Oh wow, wow. Yeah. Okay, beginning of this year. Uh huh. And then who were who was Jamie Ivey before that, and what inspired you to? start the happy
0: hour. Yeah. So when my husband and I got married, we made a decision together that when we had kids that I would stay home and be a stay at home mom with them. And that was just what we felt was best for our family, what we felt was best for us. And it was fabulous and great and wonderful. And so before we had kids, I was a teacher and a coach. And then we had kids and I became full time mom. Uh, And then about seven years ago, when we were in Austin, I was doing my stay-at-home mom thing, probably driving kids around in my minivan. And I heard on a radio station that I listened to that they were having a contest for someone to win a shot at being an on-air morning DJ. So you could send in a demo and then you could win a spot on the morning show, not like Stop. for a day, like a job. You could win a job, And so- I thought to myself, like every normal person that's driving their kids around in their minivan, I was like, that would be fun. Oh my (laughs) gosh, I think I would love that. So I think I've always had this dream in me. Like I used to want to be like a morning show. I still, who am I kidding? It's still a dream of mine is to like host a TV show, but I've always wanted to do something like that. But A, I've never did it. I mean, I didn't go to school for that. So just a lot of things up against me, but I decided to send in a tape. I mean, it was just crazy. People thought I was crazy. My husband kind of played along because no one thought I would win. I mean, what are the odds? And so we sent in a demo tape and then there was this big contest and voting and I made it to the top 10. And then Aaron and I went on a date and had this conversation like, uh, what's happening here? Because surely you won't win this, right? I mean, (laughs) you're like, you have a degree in kinesiology and you're a stay-at-home mom. You cannot become a DJ on a morning show. And I made the top five and then I went in and had a shot to be on the air one day and it was on a Thursday every top five contestant got to go in on a different day and I remember leaving there Jessica and I, I thought to myself if nothing else happens that was that I had the time of my life I mean that what Shut up. I love it <laughs> and so I just had so much fun and then the craziest thing happened is that I won the contest so I won a job <laughs> to be a morning show DJ on a country radio station. And so, so I had you went
1: from soccer mom to DJ in a matter of minutes. Yes.
0: I mean, I had never even spoken into a microphone. I mean, this is how ludicrous it is that I had this job. And so I got this job and I loved it. I loved it so much. I mean, it's like how you and I both love podcasting. That's how I felt. It was like this first time it was almost this spark kind of came alive in me because I hadn't worked at a job that I loved that much ever in my life. And now I'm like what? There's so many possibilities for me to do something. And so I loved it. I had so much fun. But in the midst of all of that, we have two kids that we adopted from Haiti and both of them had only been home about a year, rough year, year and a half at that time. And those first two years of our family becoming a family of six were probably two of the hardest years of my entire life. And so then throw in the mix of that, mom gets a new job that has crazy work hours and our family had not been set up to have two people working. And so it got a little bit, Kind of chaotic at our house, but I was thriving. I was loving my job. I was like, "You people need to get your stuff together." You're kind of cranking. <laughs> this my is stuff. not
1: going to stop anytime soon.
0: <laughs> i am got a job, y'all. So get together. And it was about three months in that I just had the realization I needed to step down, and mm. I knew that at that point in my life, I really needed to focus on my family, and so. I was mad at God a little bit because I thought, I believe that you make all things happen. And so why did I get this For this me? Job? And then I feel, I didn't feel like anyone told me, Aaron didn't tell me. No, it was me. Like, I feel like I need to go home. And so I made the hardest decision, but the best decision ever. And so I came home after four and a half months of working my like That's my long radio career right there was four months. But what that did for me, the longest story ever is to answer your question, is it made me realize I think I want to do something like this. And so for the next two years, I tried to get back in radio. How do I do this? And and it just nothing ever worked out. But then I was a guest on someone po- someone's podcast about two years later. And I thought to myself, I can do what she just did. And so, you know, that kind of opened my eyes to podcasting. And that's where the happy hour began was through a four month radio career. Oh, in, abruptly. My Yeah. goodness. I love it. <laughs> Just to look back and see, man, I just took a really big chance that I thought there's no way I could do this. And I discovered a passion and a gifting that I would have never known had I not taken that chance. And so I'm thankful for those four months. I'm thankful for the hard. I'm thankful for me having to make that decision because I know that I can make the right decision. And it was the right decision to come home to my family. But now, you know, I'm a working mom now. And so it. It's just a different season. It wasn't time for me yet. Golly,
1: can we talk about that for a second? So one amazing story. And I love that. It's like you were meant for that. This is the gift you were given. And sometimes it's hard for us to see or find, but you just had that spark when you had an opportunity to send that in. Because I feel like had you had some, maybe another adult in the car and that was critical of you doing that, it could have kept you from doing it. You
0: know, oh, 100%. And you know what else is thankful? My husband had the flu, and so I don't think his mind was working correctly, <laughs> or he would have told me, This is dumb, Jamie. You know that you're not a DJ, right? Has no one told you? No, he doesn't rain on my parade, but you know, just looking back, you're right. Is that no one said to me, Hey, I don't think you should do this. Everyone kind of was like, Sure, why not? Because I think they all also thought, you I mean, you're not gonna, gonna win, win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Have a little fun, Jamie, but, you know, hold your horses.
1: Yeah, whatever makes you happy. Do your thing. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: But the other thing I want to talk about, and I have a one-year-old and I have one one one-year-old. I could Mm -hmm. not imagine two, three, four, five kids. There's no way on earth. I play a juggling game every day from sunup to sundown, and I still wonder sometimes, how do people actually expect this to work? Mm -hmm. So I just can't, I just want to talk about how crazy it is that as women, one, the guilt we feel and the responsibility we feel for when things are out of whack or unbalanced, that it's instantly our responsibility to fix it. Mm -hmm. And that decision that people are having a hard time owning this, but we do have to make a decision about whether we're going to do career or children, especially in the beginning, maybe not our entire lives, but in the beginning, when we have little children or we're making those transitions, we do have to make those decisions.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is hard. I had this exact conversation last night wow. um, with some girls over a glass of wine. There were three of us. And my other two girlfriends that I was hanging out with, both of them work part time and stay home with their young kids, still at home. And I've kind of transitioned into working more than part-time, you know, but all my kids are in school. So everything's right. different now. And we had the same conversation. And my, one of my friends said, I've heard you say a thousand times that you had to come home from that job. The story I just told you, she's like, I've heard you say that a thousand times. How did you know? Like, how, how is it different now than it was then? Right. And you know, one of the things that I told her is the hardest thing is, is that you can't, it's not cookie cutter for every person. Right. I mean, I have a girlfriend who runs a amazing business here in Austin and her husband stays home with her, with their kids, you know, and so I think you can't look at it and go, well, here's the best way to be a working woman and a mom. I don't think that there is a best way. I think that every person has to look at their family and go, okay, what does our family need in this season? And, you know, my friend, I have a friend, Katie Wusso, she does some consulting and she recently wrote a blog about the sacrifices that it takes and that the family needs to sit down and go, okay, what are some of our major goals or what are what are some of our priorities? And then everyone has to sacrifice their sacrifice on the mom, their sacrifice on the dad, their sacrifice on the kids, their sacrifice on the business, like everything's gonna have a sacrifice. So I think sometimes when we feel like, well, it's not fair that I have to sacrifice, I think everything might have to sacrifice in different seasons, if that makes sense. And so I look back on that time, and even though it was a start of my career, and I use the word career very loosely in that <laughs> scenario. But I do look back on that. And I think in that particular season, my career needed to have a little bit of sacrifice right now in my particular season, I would say that sometimes my my kids have to have some sacrifice, you know. I'm I miss baseball games. I miss football games because I travel for some part of my job. And so I, I was going to say you're it, all over the place. Yeah, and so there's a sacrifice everybody has to look at making. And so we can't do it all. I think that is the biggest lie and the biggest myth that we start to believe is I'm responsible for everybody's happiness and I'm responsible for getting everything done. And that's impossible. Whether you are a two parent home or a single parent home, it's just impossible. It doesn't work that way. And so I think having to pull back and go, okay, what am my what are some like diehard things that I'm responsible for and then looking around and seeing where can we kind of dish out some of the others because you can't do it all it's impossible it's that's totally impossible so
1: true it's just dropping the superwoman act totally and it's, it's so self-inflicted it's not anyone else holding us to those standards it's us holding us to those standards
0: yeah yeah and I think that that's a good thing that you said that is if we can actually stop and look and go no one has put these on no one's put the standard on me so this is on me so maybe even making a list of like what is my standard And so then you can actually have this kind of go to of, okay, oh this is my standard. And if one of your standards is I'm going to be at every single one of my kids basketball games, then something's going to have to make a sacrifice because that's a big standard, you know, or if the standard is I'm going to be home every Friday night, well, then something has to sacrifice. And so I think that you just have to look at it and see what are the things that are super important for me? You know, this is kind of like weird. Some people would be like, I can't believe you would miss one of your kids' birthdays. But because I travel one year, I miss one of my kids' birthdays. Mm. And in my mind, I was like, it's not a big deal with celebration. The next day, like, because right. that's not a big deal to me. Like, okay, well, just the next day, you know, right. Um, and when they're little, you can tell them their birthday is actually the next day. So good, <laughs> but when they start. <laughs> to know when their birthday is. So I didn't know that it was going to be such an issue for this kid. And then it became an issue. And so I made a commitment to this kid. I'll never miss one of your birthdays. And so that's become a priority for me. And that became a sacrifice this year that I had to say no to something. And so it's just, you it's just a juggling act and it's figuring out, it's falling down and doing better next time. It is one big continual learning from your mistakes, doing better next time, making priorities. And then knowing that you can't do it also then you just you just move on and live with it. You know, you gotta keep going.
1: Yep. And you don't ever there's no end. You don't ever wake up one day and say, Finally I'm a perfect mom.
0: Oh, finally, right? <laughs> I can't wait for that day. <laughs> that never day. It's never <laughs> happening. No. And you know what? Also like we're not perfect moms, our kids aren't perfect kids, our husbands aren't perfect husbands, our right. bosses aren't perfect. So just take the kind to of take the pressure off everybody and then we're all going to do better.
1: Yeah, and we'll all be acceptant and okay with it. Yes. I yeah. love it. I love it. Ah. So faith You've, you've already, you, clearly, you've mentioned God several times already in this interview. Faith is a huge part of your podcast for people that don't know. That's one of the parts I love about it and your honest conversations about it as well. Why was this so important to integrate in your podcast
0: early on for you? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question because it's funny because when I, I got the idea of doing a podcast, I, you know, you, you walked through this as well. And I, people ask me all the time, how did you know what you wanted to show it be about? And I'm like, well, thankfully I was just a little naive. So everything would be different this time if I started over. But when I thought I'm going to do a podcast, I, you know, I came to my husband I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to do, I think I have my idea. I think I'm going to watch the bachelor every week and then I'm going to do a recap the next day. <laughs> and... <laughs> Which, let me tell you, I have friends that do this and they do it really well. Like, I'm not bashing on that at all, believe me. I I haven't seen The Bachelor in forever, but I think I'm going to watch this next season. But anyhow, I brought this to my husband. (laughs) I'm like, hey, what do you think about this idea? And he was like well, I think that you can do more. I think you've got more in you than bachelor recap. And I was like, really? Like, I don't know. And then he, you know, we're Christians and faith is a big part of our family. And, and he said, you know, why don't you do something that kind of has long lasting impact and that kind of points people to what we believe is the hope of Jesus. And I was like, Oh, I think you're kind of right. Like That would be better. (laughs) And so you know, faith is, it's a big part of my life. I, I, I do everything I do is because of what God has done for me. And so I can't take it away really. But you know, I had to make a really big decision, Jessica, early on is do I want this to be a quote unquote faith podcast? And I decided yes. But when I describe my show and I would love to hear what you think, since you're a listener, when I describe my show, I'm always like, yes, it's faith-based, but it's not cheesy Christian. Like I didn't want to make anything that would make people go, it's like, just like beating my head over. With the Bible. And so for me, I wanted to replicate my life. And my life, faith comes up often, but also I watch The Bachelor. And so, and I like to know where you got your genes from. And I need parenting <laughs> advice. And let's talk about marriage and let's talk about jobs. And so I wanted the happy hour to be. A replication of what would a happy hour look like with girlfriends. And I you know, I had a happy hour last night with girlfriends and we talked about how do we do this mom and work thing? We talked about struggles with our marriages, we talked about kids in China that need families. I mean, we talked about everything. And so that is what I wanted the happy hour to be.
1: It that's exactly what it is. Listen, so your podcast is remarkably relatable for me. And I don't know if it's because of my age or my newly found Christianity, I have not been one of those those people that has walked with God my entire life. I didn't really find or understand any of it until way later, literally like three or four, two or three years ago, when I had some crazy experiences because I wasn't raised in a church. I was actually raised by a family that did not go to church. They weren't atheists, but they just didn't go to church. And so through good friends and just some crazy experiences, I finally found my way. But what I wanted was to be around people that were Christians had a deep faith, but also understood how to do life the way I do it. Mm -hmm. That I do have poor habits, I am a sinner, I do make mistakes, I will still make mistakes. And I do love the life around me, even though it may be frowned upon, you know. Mm -hmm. And so when I listened to your podcast, I felt like, wow, she still has a deep faith. However, she's
0: a normal girl. (laughs)
1: Like, I love this
0: woman. Well, I, I mean, I love that. And I take it as a really high compliment because, you know, and praise God for what happened, what's happened in your world. You know, I believe that Jesus is our hope. I think that this world is so, so crazy and just crazy, awful, mean, evil, all the things. And and I found my hope in him. And so it is a part of my life. But I think that sometimes what people see in a public eye, sometimes with Christians is very judgmental, very self-righteous, very I'm good and you're bad. And I just don't live my my life that way. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited and happy that you feel that from my show because it's who I am. Like I want everyone to know about God's love for them, but I also, I'm exactly what you just said as well. I'm, I'm a sinner. I, I need Jesus. Like I'm working my way through this world just like you are. So yeah. Thank you.
1: Need him, need him every day.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Over
1: and over. No, you're very welcome. It's much deserved. So tell me, because this is, I'll give you an example. I did a, a mastermind recently this year with about 15 women and it was meant to be very small and intimate and we put women in the hot seat and talked about their businesses and I got a lot of women who were talking about being fearful of an oversaturated market and women already doing what they wanted to do, already having popular podcasts, already having popular blogs, already being a star on YouTube, you know, already having a, a great YouTube show channel whatever it was how do you feel about all these rising entrepreneurs because you've been what I like I've said before I feel like you're a pioneer you've been in the game for a while how do you feel about all this this competition especially with women and rising entrepreneurs right now
0: I think it's amazing I really think it's amazing I do not live or subscribe to scarcity mentality at all oh I love it I think it will suck you dry I mean it will just it'll drain you it will make you feel as though you can't do what you feel like you're supposed to do when you look around and think well everyone's better than me everyone's already doing this, you know, I I agree it does seem like there are so many women rising up. And as women, I think we should be cheering for that. I think we should be nothing but supportive of it. Uh here's here's my look on that is When you start your podcast, if I were to think, golly, Jessica's going to start a show. She's going to get listeners. They're not going to listen to my show. It's going to be better. What that does is it's not believing in A, our craft of what we're doing. It is making yourself to be like, I am the best and I own this market. When really what happens is when people listen to your show and then they start listening to other podcasts. I mean, people don't listen to one podcast. Are you kidding? People don't read one blog. People don't look at one YouTube channel. People are looking at lots of different things. We're the most consumerized like generation ever. So believe me, they're going to consume what you put out there. And so I just think, ma'am, More podcasters means more listeners, more podcasters. You will have listeners to your show that is their first time to listen to podcasts because they love you. And then they're going to hear me on your show and go like, oh my gosh, I should go listen to her show. And then it's just a ripple effect because then they're going to listen to my show and they're going to find somebody else they want to follow. So I think that we should be cheering on people who are doing what we're doing. We should learn from each other. We should be willing to share, you know, some of our, I'd say, quote unquote secrets, but you know, there's no nothing new under the sun. Let's just be real, but we should be able to cheer each other on and encourage each other because it's especially when I hear women doing this, I mean, I'm, I would get on a soapbox here because we have spent so many years having to fight our way to be a part of any industry. Mm. And now when we're like coming up and people are doing, women are doing big things and they're running companies and they're being CEOs and they're starting, you know, entertainment companies and they're starting podcasts, women should be cheering on other women because we have had so many years when this was not a possibility. And so- it bothers me when women don't feel as though they can cheer on other women because it's their competition. Believe me when I say this, they are not your competition. Right. We are all in this together. And if we cannot cheer each other on, I, I promise you, if you live by scarcity and you can't cheer on other women, I would dare to say, and I have no proof to back this up, I would dare to say you will have a hard time succeeding. Mm. No, that's absolutely true even if you do succeed your soul will die is what will yes. happen because you will constantly be looking over your shoulder constantly we be, be worrying about other people doing bigger and better instead of cheering on and doing you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing in that moment so yes I don't even have time for that Jessica I love you so much I'm like, for so many years, we've had to struggle to do things and not we because I'm 40. And but the women before me, like it has not been an easy road for them. And so they the women before us have paved the way for us to come in and have these opportunities. We need to do better. We we cannot be pushing each other down.
1: Exactly. And we cannot be using it as an excuse because it, because we allow it to become procrastination.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Get up and do something. Yes,
1: Exactly. Exactly. I love it. There's plenty of room and money and time and authority for all of us. Please believe us. Yes. Yes. That's why I'm introducing everyone to you because they need to hear your show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Girl, how did you... This This is totally for me. How did you get... Because I've only see a few, seen a few people in the industry do this and be successful at it. How the heck did you get to a live event? And why was this a thing for you? Why were you like, I, I'm doing
0: this? Oh my gosh. Let me just tell you, kind of like that radio DJ, kind of like, I think I should do this. You I just thought one day, what if we did a live event? And, and this way, let me tell you also, just to give you a little context. Right now, I have two people that work with me pretty closely as assistants. I have someone who you know, surprise, surprise. I don't write my show notes, but someone who does that for me, I have an accountant and I have an editor. So I have this team, right? right? When I had this idea to do this live show, I had one person who helped me out and all she did was listen to my show and write the show notes. Okay. So she put in what two hours of work a week, right? right. If that. I just thought, I think I should do this. I think I could do it. And I, I have a bunch of, I have a group of girlfriends here that we talk often on Voxer. And I was like, hey, what do y'all think about this? They're like, I think it'd be great. And so I was like, I think I'll sell tickets for $25. And they're like, uh, Jamie, that's dumb. And I was like, but what if no one comes? I mean, like just all of the fear and everything. And so I just decided. Hey, I'm going to do it. And before I had everything in place, I mean, I found some friends. I have some great friends who just kind of came in and like, yeah, I'll do it with you the first time. And so before I even had anything in place, I decided, Hey, I'm going to do this. I put tickets up and I did it at my house in my backyard and we sold out in like 12 minutes. I mean, it was crazy town. And so I did it again the next time. And I thought, instead of doing this like I already rent all these tables, rent all these chairs, bring all these things in. Let's just do it two nights in a row. So we did two nights in a row and sold out and we have done, I think nine now, nine night. And now I have a, uh, someone on my team that runs the whole thing. I mean, literally I show up. It's just the best thing ever. <laughs> I mean, I have input. It's not like I'm just like sleeping all day, like I right, work. right. No, I know. But I have someone that puts that runs this for me on my team, and so it it is so much fun. And I think you know, people they love the show, and so they wanted to come see a live show. I have great guests. We have food. We have drinks. It's it's an experience. It is so much fun, and. You know, we're doing one again in April. We haven't talked about the fall. We don't know what we're going to do, but we just keep putting them on and keep doing it. And there's so much fun.
1: Oh, my gosh. Listen, if you do one next November, I need to know because I think I'm going to Austin next year, a year from now in November. I have a, it's already planned out. So if I can swing by and stop in on this backyard live, (laughs) I will be there.
0: Well, like, I don't do them at my house anymore. Oh, That's- I was, was going to ask you that. That was yeah. my next question. No, that just got, it was too much on our family. I mean, if you think about it, you are if you're going to have 300 people come to your house oh all gosh. week long, like, oh my gosh, we got to trim these bushes. And oh, we need new gravel in the yard. And, oh, I mean, just <laughs> thing after thing after thing. And so Aaron and I were like, we cannot do this anymore. This is killing us. Uh, so we go other places. Yeah.
1: 300 people. That's We insane. do about 150 a night. Yeah. Wow. I So fun. Congratulations on another venture. (laughs) That's
0: been fun. Yeah.
1: So If You Only Knew, this amazing book, literally, title is If You Only Knew, you are eye-opening with your level of honesty, like blew me away. What inspired you to write this book? You had the podcast out for a while. I'm sure you had been honest from episode one, but then you came out with this book. What made you write this
0: book? You know, I... um. I grew up a little different than you. I grew up uh, going to church. And so I had this faith background my whole life, but I didn't really, I would say I didn't start following Jesus and become a Christian until I was 21. And so from 16 to 21, I lived a pretty crazy rough life. And I know we have some things in common, but I lived a crazy rough life. And, And then I, you know, my life radically changed. And so for me, I just thought I need to tell everybody about what, God can do for you like you guys he can still love you even if you've done these things and so I just knew forever I wanted to tell this story and but on the flip side of that growing up in the church and then starting to follow Jesus and then marrying a pastor I became very shameful about my past instead of feeling as though, and, but on, but I was also very like, you guys, look, God loves me even though like God loves me, even though I did this. I also still was pretty ashamed of what I did and thought, what if these people knew, would they still think, these things about me. And so I just struggled a whole lot with that. And so I always knew I wanted to tell the story and, you know, God just did so much. I mean, I've been following Jesus for 20 years. And so I walked through a lot of stuff and, you know, within the past 10 years, God just radically changed my idea of walking in shame and the things I talk about in the book that are pretty vulnerable. I mean, they're all over 20 years ago and I don't, wake up in the morning and think about those things anymore. I don't feel shame over anything of those. I don't struggle with those things. And so I knew if God can do this in my world, if he can take someone who used to really, really walk in shame over some of her choices, and he can redeem that and change that, then I want to talk about that. And so I knew that to do that, I need to be pretty vulnerable. Now, you know, the question always is, even though I don't live in shame about those things anymore. I mean, there are things that I'm walking through now that look different, but God's still working in my life. I mean, I'm not like, Oh, here's everything I did wrong and how God changed my life. And now I've got all my stuff together. That's just not true. But I'm just not writing a book about that stuff right now. Right. You (laughs) got 10 years to work through it. And then I will. (laughs) Um, But I knew also that I, I don't think that who wants to read another book about someone who has all their stuff together? Like right. I don't No, that just nothing for me. And so I knew I had to be honest about here's, here's where I was feeling. Here's what I was coming from. And here's what God did in my life. And here's how I'm still walking through that. And so that kind of where that journey of writing that book came from.
1: It is amazing. I was like, there was stuff I was reading in there and I was going, okay, I'm loving it because I'm, personally, I'm obsessed with vulnerability. I'm thinking anytime someone is just brutally honest about where they've come from or what they believe or their innermost, you know, good or bad thoughts, I'm like, that's the authenticity we need. But I'm reading this book and going, I cannot imagine how you felt the day this book was released, knowing that people were going to read this about you. Were they going to look at you differently? Was it was your life going to be different after that? Did any of that ever cross your mind?
0: You know, I mean, Yes and no. I mean, it's not like, uh, I mean, yes and no. The the thing about book writing is you write a book and then it goes through all this editing and all kinds of stuff. And then like 12 months later, it shows up on the, on the you know, on the shelves. So then you forgot and so, about it. Yeah, no, it, like, you know, but you just kind of, you write it and then it goes through all the stuff and then it goes out there. And I will say the stuff that I wrote about 20 years ago, man, I... I I do not lose any sleep over that at all, since you read the book, you know that at towards the end of the book, I write about a struggle, something I walked through about five seven six, seven years ago now that. That caused me like, do I wanna put this in a book? Do I wanna write this? And for me, as hard as that was to put that out there, because that's where I'm like, oh man, this is this is hard. This is this is embarrassing. This is something that nobody talks about. But I knew if I'm gonna be honest with you, the reader, if I'm going to like say, here's what God can do for you, I can't leave you with what he did 20 years ago and then say that everything's been great, you know, since then. I knew I needed to be vulnerable about What are some things that God is still working in my life? And so that was hard, but I'm glad I did it. I mean, at the end of the day, I think for me, vulnerability is important and it's exciting as a Christian being vulnerable, it has to point to something. And so for me, just to be vulnerable, be like, here's all my stuff that to me doesn't do anything besides just show you my stuff. But for me, if I'm vulnerable and go, here's all my stuff, but look at God. Here's all my stuff, but God is good. Here's all my stuff, but God still loves me. Here's all my stuff, but God still uses me. That's really true authentic vulnerability to me as a Christian.
1: Oh, it is authentic. I think we all have a story. And for you mm-hmm. to have put that out there, I was just like, instantly when I read it, I was like, one, I could not have ever, this is a level of honesty and vulnerability that I think people will forever struggle with. And two, I was like, she's human. Like, I know her now. And I know even that that's something so deep that every friend shouldn't know. But I was like, I know her now. And she's a real person. And she's made real mistakes. Yeah, And she can come from that and rise above that. And so so can anyone else. All the mistakes I've made, I tell people on my podcast over and over about how I was arrested four or five times before I was 19. And that was never who I was intended to be. It was just the people I was following and the, the poor decisions I made and we do make poor decisions. We're sinners. Yeah. It's normal.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I always encourage people because it can feel like, okay, well, you know, Jamie and Jessica, they like have a podcast. They, Jamie has a book. So I guess I'm just supposed to like tell everyone all my crap. Well, <laughs> no, <laughs> Right. What you need to know is in my personal life, I can't speak for you, but in my personal life, nothing in that, none of my real life people, my husband, my real life friends, none of them read anything in the book and went, wow. Wow. Didn't see that coming, you know, because I've walked through this with them. I've journeyed through this with my real people that I can touch and hold their hands and they can wipe my tears and give me hugs. Like that is, vulnerability doesn't happen in writing books and sharing podcasts. It just doesn't. Now, we have a platform, so we get to do that and we get to model what it looks like. But everything you read in the book, that happened in my real life with my real life people. And so, my encouragement to people is vulnerability matters. It's important. You got to find people around you, not Online community is great. We do our jobs online. I love online. You need to find people around you that can love you and walk through stuff with you that you can be vulnerable with. That is what is really important for these days. These days, I love health.
1: that you just said that because I just read a Harvard Business Review article about being yourself and it said all these leaders are saying be yourself, but what they really mean is be yourself at the right time in the right place and be <laughs> careful. Right. And I was like, that's so true. And they give the yeah. example of like how you can't go to work and just be like, here's all the things I've done and expect everyone to be okay and not to affect your work environment. Totally like, true. Yeah. Oh. Yep. And so what you're saying is, it's perfect. It's spot on Is it? yes, be vulnerable. This does not mean put on Facebook or in the public eye, all of your huge mistakes. You want to do this with people you love first and foremost.
0: Yeah. Because what can happen is we've all seen it. People are like vulnerable, like we'll use your example on Facebook and they're throwing everything out there and you're like, this seems weird. Like, what are they wanting here? Like what's going on? And, you know, I mean, I hope people don't say that about me because I, (laughs) you know, I know I wrote a book about it, but I also really live this out in my real life. And, you know, the thing is also for me, a lot of stuff that people run in the book, if you listen to my podcast for four and a half years, you would have never known some of those things. Right, Because I'm not just like walking around like, oh, I can't believe what happened when I was 19. No, because (laughs) like God's done so much, you know, and so but I'm not like ashamed or embarrassed of it. But just when the time is right, I get to share it. And so, you know, I think people need real life friends that they're vulnerable with that can love them in spite of whatever comes out of their mouth.
1: Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Last question, and I'm so excited that I'm asking you this on a holiday that everyone should respect. It's Giving Tuesday today, which is the day that you should, after Thanksgiving, after Cyber Monday shopping, you should give to your favorite charity. Once they hear this, it'll be after that, but you can still give. You have adopted three children, correct? Yes. From All of them are from Haiti,
0: right? Two are from Haiti. One is a domestic adoption. He was born here in Texas.
1: Okay. All right. So three adopted, and then you have one biological... Yes. Okay. Uh I have one child, like I mentioned. I talk Uh about this on my podcast all the time about how I had no idea what I was getting into. I love my son to death, but one is enough. Everyone's like, when's the next? I'm like, "Mm -mm, no, no. (laughs) So four children is commendable in itself. And then three adopted children. You have to be some kind of loving human being like what inspired you to do this? And how did you know you'd
0: be able to manage it? Well, first of all, we're just normal people trying to get through life just like you. So <laughs> There's that. It looks like we're awesome people for doing this, but we're just regular, normal following God. And this is where he led us people like it, it, Aaron and I, my husband and I, we never mentioned the word adoption before we were married. Never. Not one time. Wow. So it's not like we were like, Hey, one day let's adopt a bunch of kids. No, absolutely not ever. We had our first child and then we lived in Tennessee at the time and at our church that we were attending, it seemed like, and it was probably like three or four families, but it seemed like everyone around us was adopting uh, from China. And so it was our first time our eyes were kind of open to the world of adoption. And through that, God just kind of led our hearts to where, okay, your next kid, is going to come through adoption. So that's where our son, our domestic adoption came from. So we had our two kids. And then I, I cannot explain it except for God. And that might sound weird to some people, but I really cannot explain it because we never set out To just adopt three out of four of our kids. But God just kept moving us in that direction. I mean, I have no idea if I could have more kids. I'm sure I could if you read my book. I mean, I've been pregnant before, but I we just kept following the way that God kept moving our family. And so this is God did this, not us. We're not special people, I promise. And so we adopted our next two kids from Haiti. And so we've been a family in January. Everyone's been here nine years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nine years. Yeah. So to me, it feels like, I mean, clearly I don't forget that my kids are adopted. I mean, they're black. So I—it's <laughs> so it's not like I forget, but I don't think about it every day. Like it's not on my mind. And even I don't even talk about it that much anymore. Like it's just our life now. And it's, it's, you know, it's kind of crazy, but this is the, this is the life that God gave us. And I, you know, I'm, I'm honored that God said, I think you'd be a good mom to these kids. So it feels great.
1: Oh, you have to be you absolutely are. Those look like the happiest kids I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) They're fun. We I, I really, really enjoy my family.
1: I love it. I love it. And you definitely make it a priority. And it's clear. And that's what that's what makes you such an awesome role model. And I'm sure they enjoy every bit of their their life watching you lead. And and Aaron lead. Thank you. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for your time, your energy, and just giving me time to chat with you. You have to tell my audience where I stalk you and where they can find your amazing vulnerable book.
0: You're so sweet. Okay. So jamieivy.com is my webpage and you can find everything there. My podcast, anywhere you find Jessica's podcast, you can find mine (laughs) and I hang out the most on Instagram. So just at jamieivy over there. I love it. Well, you were
1: amazing. Awesome. It was an absolute pleasure. Jamie, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I mean that. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.